out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you And just what you need Oh yeah, yeah Now that the show's underway I guess we can call it a day You're ready for Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz directed comedy Bowfinger. One minute of screen time per episode. I am Jake Lewitt. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. And you can normally find us over on Con Air, the podcast, or Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. But today, we're analysing Minute 18 of Bowfinger. What happens in Minute 18 of Bowfinger? Well, Kit Ramsey attends a Mindhead meeting with Terry Stricter, where they discuss Kit's progress with the three happy premises. <laughs> that's it that's the minute three happy premises, the premises what, what, happy. okay J- jay what would your three premises be like what are oh, your i knew you were gonna ask that and i had no answer for i didn't prepare anything <laughs> i think so tell he obviously thinks aliens are gonna get him he obviously thinks giant foots are gonna get him and he feels like he's gonna ignite sometimes wait, wait. even though i feel like i might ignite ignite probably won't i love that probably I, I, <laughs> yeah i love that there, there must have been they spent 45 minutes going back and forth. But I'm going to ignite. So you're not going to ignite. I might ignite. You're not going to ignite. Probably not going to ignite. You're fine. You're probably not going to ignite. That's the only way they What's... can end that session for them is probably. Well, that's, that's when he joined, you probably thought he was going to ignite all the time. So yeah. probably is a good step. Yeah, it's, it's, it's progress. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because uh... it. Most likely, they probably went, I will ignite, and then I might ignite, and then I most likely will ignite, and then I probably will not ignite. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's working your way down. What's yeah. the weirdest thing you feel like, Jay? Like, So do you feel like there's aliens out to get you? Do you think a big foot is going to squash you? Are you so, going to ignite? Uh, I used to think that I was going to die at the age of 28. Uh, this, is, hmm. this is all perfectly true. This, I, I grew up, I don't know where this came from. But I, I have a, a personal blog, lifeversusfilm.com, where when I started it, it was doing the 1001 movies you must see before you die. And I set myself a five-year deadline on that. I just knew deep inside I was going to die in five, because I started it in when I was 23. Uh, wow. I haven't finished it. I'm now 35. I haven't died yet. This episode hasn't come out yet, so who knows? I have a cold. <laughs> Uh, but um, um, uh, so yeah, I, I used to have this. I, think, I don't know where it came from. But this this this. I knew my my uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, would get like annoyed when I talked about it, uh, just because like it, it made her sad. <laughs> the idea that I might uh, I would definitely die at twenty eight. Where where it came from? But that would be that would probably be one of my happy premises. Is like you might not die at twenty eight. Again, it's always possible. People have. People do, like people do, die at twenty eight. It's sad when it happens. 
but it would have been a might not, or like, or it would have been so more like, uh, you could live beyond 28. I guess could have been my happy premise. Oh, that's good. Thank you for the honesty. What about you? What's a, it, what's a happy premise you need in your life? You know, my family used to tell me that I was going to be dead before I was 25. Like that was a common thing <laughs> in my family that they were serious. So, but I'm still alive. I'm kicking. That wasn't a phobia though. I was just more depressed by that. So then I made it past 25, but I have a fear of things landing on my head. Like okay. I, I have a weird feeling that a grand piano is going to fall from the sky and kill me. Like that's of all the things I think I'm going to die by. I think that's going to be it. Just, and I was in St. Louis one time during a snowstorm and my buddy was like, Hey man, let's go eat. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to go through this. So we walked through this very skyscraper, the, the downtown with the skyline. And it's not a grand piano, but a huge ice chunk landed a few feet away from me. Oh, wow. That could have completely destroyed my skull. That I, you know, I would have died. So I do have an odd feeling that something's going to land on me. One I've day. just covered the Poseidon Adventure over on Deep Sea the podcast, and uh, two separate pianos. When that boat flips, there are two pianos that take out people. One slides down and crushes people. One falls and crushes people. And I talked about it on that show. I find it oddly satisfying to watch somebody be crushed by a piano. I don't know what it I... is about the piano. If it's just, just watching watching people die by piano is something satisfying to me. I'm not saying that had I seen you be crushed by a piano, I'd be like, yeah, that's made my day. Uh, I don't. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want that to happen. But it's just odd that you're bringing this up a couple of days after I talked about this with somebody else. Promise yeah. me something. <laughs> I will never drop a piano on your head. I promise you. When a piano does land on me and my life ends, when? do yeah. an episode of the five best piano scenes of cinema and release it. That, okay. And someone gets hurt. So like a piano lands on someone's fingers or uh, the, someone's head uh, gets smashed on a piano. The Who Frame Roger Rabbit dueling pianos of Daffy and Donald Duck. I yes. feel like there's definitely some injury by piano in that sequence. So do that episode when that happens. I was in a Costco yesterday and I was walking around the aisles and I looked up and there's the pallets that are high up. And then I had to like, I was really freaked out about, I've been in Costco hundreds of times, but I just looked up. I'm like, these things are, these things, these things could land on me. Like I had a real worry of them landing on my head. So yeah, I have a feeling that something's going to crush me and it's most likely a piano in a Costco. It would probably be a pallet full of keyboards. Of, yeah, um, yeah. Like Casio's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like one of those would smash me, but it, it wouldn't be just one. It would be a whole pallet and not the wood would land on me. It would be the boxes themselves, if you know what I mean. I think so. so yeah. So, yeah, that would be it. So mine would be a piano is not going to land on your head and most likely other things won't land on you and kill you. That would be my fear. Would you be tempted to wear a, a pyramid hat to prevent things landing on your head? Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, it's a segue. <laughs> at the end of the day, your 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 spine is still going to be absolutely smashed. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like if if grapefruits were falling from the sky, sure, like give me a pyramid hat. But you're just gonna your your spine is just going to be compact. Like your head's going to smash into your brain. You know, like into your body. You're going to have no neck left. Yeah, these are very robust on. looking hats. No, the, the mind head clientele. <sighs> Uh, if I was in a cave, I would wear one. But yeah, not not standing up. I wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. No thanks. 
And there's very wet walkways, Jay. Very wet. At very Minehead. wet walkways. Yeah. Well, that's that's the I, the Hollywood thing, isn't it? Is you you wet the tarmac and it just looks better. Yeah. But it's just this is very wet. Very wet. It's I mean, like it's Florida. Not tarmac, there's it's paving. And an afternoon shower comes by, drops on there. Like there would be steam. There would be steam coming up. I don't. I don't like it. I do and not. None like... of the people are wet or have any kind of umbrellas or coats. So no. Nope. Either it's it's just rained. Everyone ducks inside and duck out again. There's some low sprinklers that have been turned on and off. I don't know. Pro- probably the sprinklers. I would. It has to be the sprinklers. Mine head has to look nice and green. It's interesting too that Terrence Stamp is in the upside down triangle where everyone's wearing just sort of a. A, I don't know, <laughs> a non regular triangle on top of their heads. Wait, in the the logo are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. I like the logo. The kind of the stamp silhouette with the seismograph kind of bolt coming off of the forehead. Uh, and they've got they've got that big metal statue out the front, which that's got to be hell to balance. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a giant base plate on it with a, a whole bench just to hold that thing down. I'm like, design something better. Design it so it's got a, a, a vertical pole at the bottom rather than this thing that goes down at an angle that makes it going to topple over any second. That's lethal. That's yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Minehead is a dangerous place. Slippery walks. Also, you're listening to Welcome to Minehead every three seconds. Welcome to Minehead. So, but it's not, it's, not the same, it's not just one recording repeated. In subtle, different intonations. It's like, Welcome to Minehead. Welcome to Minehead. Welcome to Minehead. It's... <sighs> How long did someone spend recording? Welcome to mine. Welcome to mine. Well, they probably want you going insane there, don't they? Well, if they do, that that big logo board they've got up there would certainly help. Because you've got a giant Terrence stamp head on one side, a bunch of smaller heads. I looked in this bunch of smaller heads. There's a lot of repetition. There's a guy in a hat who's in it 15 times. Really? Yeah, this isn't like all individual people. They've got like a row of 10. They've duplicated it a bunch of times. Oh, gosh. Which, yeah, I saw the works, faces. It, it is pretty creepy. It works for the four seconds we glanced past it in, in the film. But if you worked, if you were a secretary in the, the Mindhead reception, and you were staring at that all day, oh, insane. Just, just, it's got to be crew members. What do you think? I think so. Yeah, there's no one I recognize. This isn't like the, the Oscars Association picture or anything. It's extras or something off wow. of... Uh, uh, Getty images or something. It's a stock photo. You do see the same guy in there a lot. So if they see Welcome to Mindhead every three seconds. Welcome to Mindhead. That's going to be, if you work an eight hour shift, you're going to hear that about 9,600 times. Yeah. How long before it means nothing? How long before it's just noise? And you you leave the building and someone says Welcome to Mindhead and you just don't hear them because it's just radio static. So I sleep at night with an air machine. And a fan, just for the, you know, the noise. When there's none of it, I have a very hard time sleeping. I bring a portable ambient noise machine with me when I go to bed because if I'm ever traveling to help me sleep. So would you need to listen to that at your home when you sleep? Oh, God. I think maybe. Just welcome to my head on a loop until you fall asleep or hopefully not the entire duration of the night. But like a sleep timer? Yeah. And you can you can do that with podcasts. You can set a podcast to turn off in half an hour when you get oh, to bed. Yeah. So, so it's like you've fallen asleep at that point. There it is. Just put that on your phone and play it. The Welcome mind head. The mind head sleep app. Oh, 
That would prevent. Yeah, I like that. The Minehead Sleep app. Welcome to Minehead. Welcome to Minehead. Do you like the green screen work in this in this scene? I didn't notice it was green screen until you told me just before uh, we started recording this minute. And this scene is now ruined. That Eddie Murphy is clearly green screen. <laughs> I didn't notice it. Terrence Stamp, I think, is in the room. I feel like he's mm-hmm. not green screen. Eddie Murphy is so obvious now. <laughs> and he's in one of the shots. There's a two shot of the both of them. But when you cut back to Murphy, it's all green screen. And what about the opulence of this room with all the gold? This is a very expensive furniture. And outside, it looks like there's gigantic Fabergé eggs. Yeah, the security the, the areas. Pool. Yeah. And they, they've each Those got are... a security guy. You've got uh, uh, Kit's best friend, Freddy. And you've got a Mindhead executive. Uh, both waiting outside. It's very odd. That Mindhead guy's holding his hands very creepily, too. I don't think I've ever held my hands like that. Have you? I, I will make an effort to never do it again if I have. Look at that. It's Yeah, it's creepy. So yeah. uh, he's played by uh, John Prosky. Uh, he's mm. been in a bunch of stuff. He's got 156 acting credits to his name. Um, oh, wow. He's a, straight, he's a doctor in Straight Outta Compton. Uh, <laughs> he's been in a bunch of horror. He's been like an American horror story in Ouija, Origin of Evil. Uh, loads of things this guy's been in. Uh, but Mark, you worked on the Hunger Games films. Yeah. I think. yeah. His wife is Kimiko Gilman, who was an actress in the Hunger Games films. Kimiko? Uh, she's one of uh, Elizabeth Banks' team. Oh. She, play, she plays ah. Venia or Venia. I don't know. Never worked directly with her because I always work with background. So okay. there was the scene where her dress, when Jennifer Lawrence's dress becomes the Phoenix or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That I, I helped. I got the back. I helped get the background into their seats there. And then I took off and I worked on the green screen to get the people cheering and booing. So that's yeah. kind of, Yeah. But no, no, I worked with her too in the third one, but she was dressed up in the whatever that place's drab gear was, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That was easy. Well, we just put everyone in jumpsuits and hair and like bandanas. That was lovely. Well, uh, John Prosky was also a doctor in the first Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so they had worked together before. I don't think they worked together again. Other than <laughs> You blew it. He did. He could have, he could have ridden those coattails all the way. <laughs> it's just these two things together. Oh, his hand acting is good, though. I got, I give him props for his hand acting. He did work with Steve Martin and bringing down the house. Really? Uh, yeah, he played male commentator. This guy's. This guy works. 156 credits. Yeah. That'd be. You know what? You know what? That'd be pretty cool, Jay, because. You come in, you get your day rate, you work for a few days, make a few, make some good money, get, get some residuals and then just kind of chill. You don't like that. Be I would love that. Like I would love to do one episode or one arc on every single TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Pop in for a few days, you know, call up Hoffmeyer. He's a beast. Like you just call me up. I show up. I knock my lines out. We need a good day player. Call Hoffmeyer. Like I'm the guy that Michael Bay calls because Michael the, Bay loves good day players. You're like the the Stephen Root. Of, of, yeah. Uh, Stephen Root's been in every TV show. <laughs> exactly. Call me up. I'll pop in for an app. I'll be a good killer. I'll be uh you know I'll be a good Florida detective guy that you just meet for a few lines. I'll be 
just whatever you want, whatever you need need for me, I will pop in and I'll do it for a day, and you can trust me. And then I get out of there. So who is who is Terrence Stamp to you? You got any any Terrence Stamp history? Uh, that's a really good question, Jay. It's Terrence Stamp to me. So I don't think I I learned about him until I watched what was it what's the Soderbergh movie where the limey really, the limey yeah that one was kind of my first. Where in 99, when I, I kind of first went, who is this guy? Because it's just a movie. I absolutely loved the Limey in 99, another 99 movie. Heck yeah. So yeah, I think 99 was when I first started to kind of know who he was. Because I hadn't watched Real McCoy. You know, I had watched Young Guns. I just didn't place him too much for that. Like Wall Street, I hadn't seen at the time. Yeah, I mean, Company of Wolves, I, I still hadn't. He was the devil in the Company of Wolves. What? So, oh man, Superman two. Yeah, he's thought. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a Superman guy growing up. Me neither. I, I think he's a bad superhero. I think I didn't watch a Superman movie until. Su- so I wasn't a Zod dude. I didn't know much about Zod. It was the Limey. I remember watching the Limey, going, "Who is this guy?" And then I started reading about him. Then, then of course he was in my boss's daughter. Then he popped up in what the Haunted Mansion. He was in Electra. And then I read about how he just does one take for everything. And he was also in Sieg, uh, Siegfried and Get Smart. He was in Yes Man, too. Yes Man, he was the yeah. Yes guy as well. He was kind of a mogul in that. Absolutely. He he kind of has this this call on the market. <sighs> yeah. So that was my that was my Terrence Stamper, 99. Wait, and so in, I, I in, think I knew in he Yes had... Man, he plays a character called Terrence. Like Terrence Bundley, but Terrence. And in Bowfinger, he plays a guy with the same initials. With, with, with He's a TS. He's Terrence Richter. So he, he when he plays these kind of mogul guys, he has this something similar to his own name, both times, right. the same first name or the same initials. Is this wow. too close to who he really is? Who cracks the coach? <laughs> they don't even get ambitious with the naming. <laughs> Terry yeah. Stricter, it's fine. Terry Snap, change it up a little bit. That's yeah, him. Fine. Yes, but he's so good. And I, I like his advice too, because you know, he seems pretty chill with Eddie Murphy in this. Like he's. He's talking him down, right? Like he's not, he hasn't done anything bad with him. He's actually seems to be helping him keep it together. Yeah. yeah. It. I mean, the 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 three uh, the happy premises they all they are all fairly straightforward. Don't believe the silly things. You know, thing like there are no aliens, there's no giant foot trying to squash me, which is a Monty Python reference, maybe. I don't know. Oh. Uh, and even though I feel like I might ignite, I probably won't. These are all like, yeah. There's no aliens, there's no giant foot, and you're probably, you're probably not going to ignite. <laughs> I, I guess the, the real skill there is getting uh, Kit to believe them. That's true. Uh, so maybe, yeah. Maybe that's where his, his power lies. Do platitudes work for you, Jay? I, I guess it depends on the platitude. Uh, uh, probably. <laughs> it's always nice to hear something sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you don't live your life by platitudes, but do they occasionally help? Uh, I do enjoy living, laughing, and loving on occasion. Yeah. So live, laugh, yeah. love. Yeah. Uh, it's always it's always one o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it's always when in Rome. Yeah. A day late, a buck short. Uh, that's reading directly off of your uh, your arm tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, man, that's. That song, quotes from that song, really 
like really i i don't want to get dark but like it really helped me so i do think platitudes help like you know lincoln park right i think they're kind of the 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 kings of platitudes but i think sometimes someone needs to hear that or someone needs to repeat that to themselves because it's just such an easy way to take your mind off of something if that makes sense yeah i'm i'm not a tattoo guy i, I don't have a tattoo i don't intend to have a tattoo but there was a period in my life where where i'd be a tattoo guy i would definitely have the lyrics to numb tattooed somewhere on me right <laughs> um, yeah, I would have nothing but uh, I I would have nothing but incredibly emo quotes on me. I, I would I would still yeah. do it if I became a millionaire. I would get a full sleeve of emo quotes I, and a shark. What the, I want to do Jaguar is be shark. more like me and be less like you. Would be like tattooed on my lower back or something <laughs> <laughs> across your chest. Yeah, every step I take is another mistake to you. Would be like on on my legs. Every step oh, that I take, yeah. I'll be watching you. I'm glad I'm not a tattoo guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't be terrible, see? terrible, terrible, terrible. I remember I turned 18, walked into a tattoo place. I'm like, give me that bulldog. He's like, OK, so I got a tat bulldog on my back. But now I live in Georgia where it's the University of Georgia Bulldogs who won the national championship last year and they're probably going to win it again this year. So now I seem like a total Georgia fan and I yeah. do not. It's, it's kind of a bummer, right? It, it would be like moving to like having a uh, tattoo of a cannon than moving to London. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then you're like, crap, I guess I'm an yeah. Arsenal fan now. So that that's what I got stuck with. I should have gotten a platitude instead of a bulldog. I guess you could Something style like, out the, the cannon tattoo is be like, oh, no, I'm a pirate guy. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite film is arr, arr, arr. Yeah, I would, I would have to tattoo that above it. Good thing I don't get like a Jack Sparrow one on there, too, because that would not be good. Yeah, no. Yeah, go for yeah. the uh, the the Ardman Pirates film instead. The oh, Hugh Grant and the yeah. Dodo. And the Dodo. I'm sad they made one of those. That's a great film. Is is Bill Nye in that? Brendan Gleeson is in it. Bill Nye is not in it. I think. Which if seems I, odd because he could be. If I could have an Ardman tattoo of a pirate, I would want it to be a Bill Nye pirate. A Bill Nye pirate. So uh, an Ardman Bill Nye pirate for a film that does not have Bill Nye in it. I like it. No one else would have that tattoo. Picture him in Love Actually, right? Okay. But then picture him as a pirate and going, arr. I'm just picturing him in About Time. Going, Uh, arr. We are in a nice jumper. You could use that power in About Time for some horrifying things. I mean, they, they talk about... Uh, how other members of the family have like tried to use it for money didn't work. Tried to use it for for greatness didn't work. We got to do is just use it to be a nice guy. Really, that's all all you can do. Learn a woman until she marries you. Yeah, got it. See, like that'd be interesting. Where if you go back in time and do something terrible, it remembers because it's a powerful force between a family, so you can't do it again. Does that make sense? And then you're like, crap. Whoa, imagine that as a horror movie. A guy can go back in time to like get his anger out on people and he kills somebody, but then he can't go back in time anymore. I guess that's kind of the, the butterfly effect is similar to that. Yeah, when no one better steal my idea. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. Crushing it. Yeah. Amy Smart. The Kutch, he's in my boss's daughter too, with Terrence Stamp. This is true. Thank you for dragging us back to Bowfinger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the green screen. And the terrible green screen. Uh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. But I, I think 
Green screen aside, Eddie, Eddie, actually, if you factor in that it is green screen, Eddie Murphy's fantastic in that. The oh, fact it's that great. He, he's doing that without, essentially without somebody sat there. And I didn't notice the green screen until you ruined the entire film for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, he's so focused. He, oh, yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Give him an Oscar. Jay, let's call him up. I got yeah. something for you. He was nominated for Dream Girls, a film in which he is excellent. Yeah. I think that's it. That's what he's been nominated for. Bill Murray, Kingpin. And then you have, like, he should have been nominated. Eddie Murphy should have been nominated. Everybody from Barb and Star and Bridesmaids should have been nominated. Uh, I will go with Barb and Star, yes. Michael Jai White, Black Dynamite, should have been nominated for an Oscar. Hell yes. I threw that before I came in the room. (laughs) What a movie. Uh, oh, that but, scene where he's talking about all the different clues. So then this means what? Anaconda malt liquor. Ah, oh, what a movie. That's a fun film. Yeah, it is. Tommy Davidson, big fan of his. You know, I just got a movie, Aaron Newarth of the Out Now and Aaron, Aaron and A podcast. And he also writes for We Live Entertainment and Why So Blue. He just put out his best 4K Blu-rays of the year. And in it, he said there's a movie called Drive, which is being released from MVD. And it's Mark Dacascos and Kadeem Hardison and Brittany Murphy, a 97 film where Dacascos plays a super soldier who teams up with Kadeem Hardison to battle people. And I bought it. <laughs> I've never of seen it. It's it it like 27 bucks. I'm like, it's mine. Sure. I bought it right then and there. Beautiful movie. I also bought No Escape, Jay, with Ray Liotta. I don't know No Escape. Yeah, he gets sent to a prison island. There's only one moment I love. I think, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, like the idea of it. So not the Owen Wilson, Pierce Brosnan, Lake Bell. No, but Lake Bell's cool. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, from 94. Okay. Only yeah, Hudson. No escape. Kevin Dillon, Lance Hendrickson, Lancey Hen. But there's a really cool scene where Ray Liotta gets captured and, and there's a peaceful group on the prison planet and then a mean group of cannibals. Of and they test out Ray Liotta to see if he can stay. And he has to fight this crazy barbarian looking dude who licks his blade and is like, ah, and then Ray Liotta just throws his knife into the guy's chest and kills him. And then they're like, oh, OK, you got, you got his spot. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. Yeah, it's a great trailer moment and, and the rare action lead by Ray Liotta. So that made me happy. I was like, Ray Liotta's headlining a movie? I gotta go see this. So yeah, now I own that. Heartbreakers, Jay. That's another funny movie. That's a great film, yeah. Uh, a lot of fun with Heartbreakers. Uh, so yeah, I, I, we've talked about, we love Eddie Murphy's performance with Bowfinger. Uh, <laughs> I, I do feel like uh, this, this is this is the real kit. Um, the, the bit we saw in the previous minutes of our week, that's the performance he puts on for everyone else. I just, I just want to give him more credit for tying these two performances together and making me feel like one believable person. Man, so he's playing Jif, he's playing public kit, and then private kit. Yeah. It's three roles. Three roles. Triple role. Oscar, Oscar worthy. You know what's interesting? This is our third, this is kind of the hump day of our episodes, and now we just reached our peak with that comment. Like, it's all downhill from here. I don't know. Uh, who knows what tomorrow brings? I have an idea. That's yeah, true. I mean, today we were talking about pianos falling on our heads. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I feel like that that's time to round out for today then. 
Uh, so yeah. that, that's it for minute 18 of, of Bowfinger. Uh, listeners, you can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, bowfingerminute.com. Please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And social media, you can find us over on Facebook. Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute is in the centre, or on Twitter, at Bowfinger Minute. So that'll do it for, for Minute 18 of Bowfinger. I've been Jay Cluett. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. <laughs> uh, join us here next time on the Both Finger Minute, and in the meantime, keep it together. Keep, keep it, it together, together. Keep it together. Keep, keep it together. together. Keep, 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 keep. <laughs>